so, are you curious? Welcome to the Curiosity Codex. I am your ardent enthusiast, Kyle Olson. Did you miss me? I missed you. I'm shaking up the format a bit, but before we get into that, I wanted to talk about one of the fundamental forces in my life. Curiosity. It's why the show is named what it is. I'm an insanely curious person, and it fuels my geekdom. When I see a show I like, I then want to know everything that actor has been in, everything that showrunner has written. I want to take it apart and see how it works. So when I find someone who does a job I don't understand, I instantly have a hundred questions. Which is why being a part of the next reel is so much fun, as I get exposed to people I might never cross paths with in normal life. And you're about to meet one of those amazing people. Her name is Mandy Fabian, and she works in Hollywood. It's okay if you've never heard of her. What I've learned later in life is that the entertainment industry is like an iceberg. The stuff on top is all the studio fare, the stars, the chat shows, the gossip rags, but that's just a small piece. Below the waterline of what gets liked, subscribed, shared is where the majority of work is being done by hardworking, talented, creative people who are just as dedicated to telling their stories as those who get a check for $20 million by multimedia conglomerates. They just don't get the press. Mandy is one of those people. And when I met her, she was doing something I'd only heard about, read about, dreamed about. She was directing her first movie. And I had to know more. I asked her if she'd be willing to chat with me for a series of conversations about the process of making an independent film. How do you get funded? What's casting like? What's it like the first time you called action? We worked on a kind of syllabus that we agreed on, and then we started chatting. And the more she talked, the more questions I had. We soon diverged from our plan, but what emerged was a fascinating tale of a young girl from nowhere, Texas, with big dreams of stardom, pinballing around through the entertainment industry from Boston to New York to Tinseltown. I, I can't even tell you how it ends because we're still talking. So, over the next few weeks, I hope you'll indulge my curiosity about pursuing a dream, the plans you make, and the curveballs life throws at you, and finally, discovering the thing you were meant to do. Here's the first part of my curiosity conversation with Mandy Fabian. Chapter 1. The Big Bright Stars in Her Eyes I guess the first question is, when did you sort of first get the performing bug? Like, when was the first time you were like watching something and be like, oh, I want to be up there? You know, that's that's a good question. I I in second grade, ah, I okay. auditioned to play, uh, I think, probably a smaller part in the stage play Aladdin at my local elementary school. But then I auditioned for the princess and I beat out some fifth graders. Oh, for the lead role of, I think it was like Aladdin and the Princess was the title of the play, and I okay. played the princess. You got the title role. I still remember my costume. Like, I mean, I think my mom made it, but still, I remember it was yellow and had a sparkly veil. And like, that was my first kind of like, oh, geez, I'm really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, from a second grader's perspective, um, Maybe I was a little cocky. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I didn't realize the years upon years of struggle and sweat and rejection and 
<laughs> and hard work that it actually takes to achieve something in the entertainment industry. But that's where I got the bug. Uh. And I always like used to make my mom laugh with, I would do impressions of the Muppets and I could do accents really well. I would hear them on TV and then I'd go to my mom and be like, I did the Swedish chef, you know, <laughs> and it would just crack. It was the only thing if I did it in the car, like she'd have to pull over because she was laughing so hard. So I got, that's kind of what gave me the bug. And also, I always talked to myself. It was like my mom and dad and then my sisters and then me and the family pet. So we we were all sort of teamed up. We had our people and mine was always imaginary Barbies or the dog. So (laughs) I had to do a lot of talking. And when I was taking care of said family pet, I would engage in these conversations. You know, I'd, I, I, I don't even know where they came from, but I'd, I would just blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, Harold, you know, I can't be married to you anymore. Margaret, please don't. <laughs> Penelope means nothing to me. You're mine forever. And I would just talk like this. I would do imaginary voices and scenes that were just garbage. But it was what came into my head, and I got caught a lot, and it was very embarrassing. But I had no idea what all that meant until I'm trying to think. And then um, then when I got a little bit older and I was doing high school and theater. Is this, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving you a lot of the details, but you can cut out whatever is no, super fine. boring. Yeah. <laughs> so then I... Um, I joined the drama club by accident in high school, oh. actually. How, how do you um, join a club by accident? Well, um, I had signed up for something else, maybe photography or something, or yearbook. I don't know what it was. But they, there was no more space. And my counselor, I was new to the school, and my counselor was like, well, you need an elective course, and you need sure. sixth period. And the only thing that's available is like this upper, upper level drama course, but I'll see if you can get in. And so... I got into a drama course in high school, and I fell madly in love. And it was weird, because like I knew I either wanted to be like a pilot or Kelly oh. McGillis after I saw Top Gun. <laughs> I saw Top Gun, and I was like, definitely want to fly planes, or I want to be a hot chick who talks about planes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe an actress. And then I got into the drama class, and it all kind of, then I, I became an actress. Oh, so so that's what you consider yourself like first. You were like actress, like this is actor. Oh, this is where I want to go. One hundred percent. I was such a clown. I mean, I, and, and in fact, so then from there, if, when I say it was, it was like just who I was. Like it was so inevitable, which is kind of sad because I think I'm smart. I think I could have done other things, but it was it was really it was inevitable. Like it was yeah. just the thing that always showed up and. I auditioned for a play in high school and I didn't get it. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to be on stage. So then I I went to the local newspaper and I looked and saw, you know, where auditions were and what things. And in the meantime, oh, wait, you know what happened first? So then I got a job. I was like, I know I want to be an actress. So where do producers go? Ah. You know, like you have to meet producers if you're going to be an actress. And this, this, is, is, this is where in the in the country? This is Austin, Texas. And I'm okay. like... All right. 15, maybe 16 years I'll old. Say, Austin's got a nice art scene. Oh, totally. A music yeah. scene. Which, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I was way too lazy to practice guitar. Yeah. So since I was just naturally a clown, it seemed effortless. And I went to um I went to the theater, like, but not the stage theater. I went to a movie theater because oh. hi, that's where <laughs> writers and producers and directors go. They go to the movies. Well, sure. So I got a job in a movie theater, and I was an usher, and 
it was a special kind of fancy movie theater. It was like kind of like the Arclight. Well, you don't know the Arclight maybe, but I there's do. Like a, I have been the Arclight, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's like a, it was a fancy movie theater. So we had to go up in front of the theater every time there was a showing and we oh, okay. had to say, thank you for coming to the Arclight. We know you had your choice of other theaters and we thank you for choosing ours. <laughs> and so Did they have I, the curtain? Like the curtain that would then open? Yes, it did. Uh, of course. And the lobby of the theater had these like, it had a fake um, stars and clouds and things. And every oh. 12 minutes, there would be a fake rainstorm in the in the lobby. <laughs> no, like, I mean, like it was... Like the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. It was high end. I yeah. mean, you know. I'll say, I, as someone who worked in a movie theater for 10 years, I know exactly <gasps> what you're talking about. But mine was, you're pretty much, your garden variety multiplex. It was a 16 screen. You did too? And, I did. and isn't it? Same, oh my same God. thing. And I was like the same path. I was like, oh, well, I want to be, I like movies. I want to be around people who like movies. So clearly you should wow. go work in a movie theater. And you yeah. find out, no, most of the people there just because they just want to punch a clock. That's and they true. Don't want, and they don't want to do retail. <laughs> That's true. But, but you have access to the movies. Exactly. And I would go in the back and I would watch like, I would know what time events were happening in movies that I loved, and I would go in at that particular time and watch my favorite scene, and I would go— I I found that, exactly what you're talking about, a fascinating process because I would see films out of order— Oh, you know, so you like because because just because I was a projectionist, so like I would it would start and stuff, and then I would go, oh, I have like a half hour break. I'm going to watch part of this movie, and I would go watch, you know, like from the booth, like half an hour or something before I had to do the next thing. But then I was like, okay, so that goes there, and so I would eventually have to like sort of piece it together what oh, it was in my head. So it was almost like like deconstructing it. That's kind of great. Yeah, and also it was, it was easy to uh, to enjoy horror films that way because you can just see beginning, middle, oh. and you know, there's all this crap in the middle. You can just jump right over <laughs> right you watch the end you're like was yeah, that so scary oh, I I yeah. <laughs> that's funny yeah i i mean all of the because i was 16 and you know anything you watch at 16 is like oh, the yes. best movie the best ever. ever made yeah you know and they are still the movies that i would watch every year you know because i i just fell in love i mean yeah um yeah so but i did this little so i created a character to do the announcement. Oh, okay. It was like Saturday night, the eight o'clock showing, and I made up this rap. And so, <laughs> so it's. Do, do you still remember it? Of course, I remember it. Oh, I, I need to hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're all sitting down in our theaters. Okay. So all of us. You ready? We're all sitting in the, in the theater yeah. with our popcorn, just like, oh, I can't yep. wait for the movie to start. Like, oh, oh, here she comes. Oh, nice. yes. Thank you for setting the scene. I am in my polyester vest. Okay. With my name tag, with my rainbow name tag, and my uh, little black skirt with my black flats. And I'm walking down to the front, and I said, um, I would go and say, I'd turn around, and then I would turn back around and go, Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Arbor Four. The trash goes in the back, and your feet go on the floor. We're really glad you came here to see this movie. I seen it once myself, and I think it's really groovy. So sit back, <laughs> relax, enjoy the show. Thanks again from the Arbor. Now I have to go. And thank you. Thanks. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a crowd pleaser. Yeah, so did you actually get a pretty good response from people? I, I did because, okay. you know. Because, yeah, they're used to the same spiel every time. So right. We, someone doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. So we got such a good response that then I created a like an Adams Family one where I had the whole <laughs> audience like 
snapping uh. with me and I had like a, a country one. I mean, I did audience participation ones. Like I, I created like four or five of them and I just wow. was doing all these characters and I got into the local paper. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, because it was, you know, it was a weird, funny thing that this 16-year-old sure. kid. Anyway, that was the first step. And then when I thought I was, I was pretty hot stuff. Like I was a big deal at the Arbor Four, Kyle. <laughs> A very big deal. Uh, well, how could you not be? I mean, you were you were creating original songs. Everybody else is just like sweeping up popcorn, but you're like, no, no, wait, I've got one more verse. I think I always like I was like a terrier, you know. I just uh. I wanted to create something fun or funny in every situation. I don't know if I was diligent about sweeping the floor. I might have been a horrible co-employee. <laughs> uh, you know, but. But in any case, this this was what I was just constantly driven to do. Anyway, yeah. when I so then I didn't get um, a part that I had auditioned for in high school that I really felt that I deserved. Um, and so when that happened, I was like, well, I'm going to go get a job as an actress. And I looked in the paper for you know auditions that were happening, and the local comedy group, comedy troupe, was was having auditions. And so I called them up, and they were like, "Wait, are you the girl from the paper?" Oh. <laughs> Wow. It, yeah, which is a great way to go into an audition. Right. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, you're 16. We serve alcohol. I don't think you can work here, but we'll check. So they checked, and turns out I could as long as I wasn't drinking. And oh. I wasn't. I was very... I had, I, was, I had to win an Academy Award someday. Like, there was going to be no drinking. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't mess around with boys or drinking or drugs or anything. Like, I was so focused, which is yeah. kind of great, you know? Yeah. I only hope that my kids have a focus that makes them so insane <laughs> that they, you know, don't get into too much trouble. Yeah. You were career-minded. There's nothing wrong with that. I guess. And it was fun. I mean, it was the most fun that I could ever have to, like— you know, it was like my mom times 350 when I'm making people in a theater yeah. laugh, right? Yeah. So so this was a like an improv troupe or? It is a sketch comedy troupe that still okay. so exists. That, like, so they would write like Second City. They would write everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. all sketch. Um, it's called Esther's Follies. Okay. And it is on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. Oh, and, they're still there. Oh, they're still there. Oh, that's great. So in many of those things just whoosh and they're gone. No, no, no. That was there probably 20 years before I even got to them. Nice. And and they were all grown-ups and I was like the 16-year-old. And then um and that's still there. And in fact, the guy who does the magic for that show is still there and he was my prom date. Hey. Ray, Ray Anderson. You dated a, mu a magician. Well, because I'm telling you, I never we we so I auditioned for this thing and I was supposed to be in the B company, but then I really wanted to be in the A company. Yeah. So I would go to the B company auditions, and then I would just hang out and go to every A company, I, I, I mean, B company rehearsals. And then I would hang out and do all the A company rehearsals. And I was like, and I showed up to every show. I just came, even though I wasn't in them and I wasn't in the show. I went to every show. And finally, after doing that for like a month, they were like, well, Jesus, I mean, you're here. <laughs> like, and it's, you know, it's the, it was the same the same script, right? Like A and B it, were doing the same? It, no, they were different things. Oh, they were different. It, oh, so you had, like, you memorized both. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just wow. watching. I was watching them yeah. writing new material every week, yeah. rehearsing that material the week of the show, and then doing one show Thursday and two shows Friday and Saturday, and then sometimes special shows on Sunday. So it was yeah. a huge schedule. And yeah. I and guess then they just and they just burn all that material, and then they start over from nothing. No. Oh, okay. No. So they just basically they're cherry picking. It's like like hey, this works. Let's keep it in. This didn't work. Let's write something new. It's like, yes, it's like stand-up okay. comedy. Okay. So they had their their tentpole pieces. Sure. You know, they would they would always start with like a medley of some kind. We, we did like Beatles medleys and we did, you know, uh, you know, other like di- different, like 50s medleys. We, we would choose an era or a type of music and do a medley about the news. Okay. And to this day, half of the Beatles lyrics to me are like, poor Kathy Rigby, she was a star, now she's selling those pads on the screen. Like, I don't have... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the right lyrics in my head. Because it's the ones you performed. Right. Yeah. yeah. When, so did you start writing for them? Um, or I with them? I should say with them because it's a collaborative. Um, well, I was 16, so my writing was terrible. Well, sure. So no. But I, well, okay. actually, that's not true because I did write a character. And the, uh-huh. and I my character was a, a sorority girl like a, uh, called the sure. Bowhead. <laughs> and I had a giant like a giant bow on the top of my head and it was like my solo piece so I would go out and I would just do you know three minutes of material about being a sorority girl in college like you know I'd be like um like you know I, I I'm trying to remember and this like, was like oh. a, a thing you had written like this was like a, a yeah. little like a three minute monologue essentially totally totally okay. like um you know like she made a joke that like I'm you know I'm I'm gonna take English. I'm just going to show up for the final. I speak it. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> that's a good joke. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had some for pretty a 16 good year old, That's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, you know, just watching them, they they would sometimes tweak existing pieces, like, like you know, if there was like a talk show sketch, they would sure. have different characters on. and But then if there was one really successful character, they would have it because you know, the, the show, it, it, it sustained. I mean, it was the thing to do in Austin. Um, so it was really, anyway, it was really fun. It was like, I, I kind of call it my boot camp for comedy. Um, yeah. Well, because it, just being around that many creative people doing something creative for that long, it's just, it's radioactive. Like, you just oh, pick yeah. it up. And, and it really, that's kind of where I got my work ethic. Because, yeah. well, to go back to Ray Anderson being my prom date, mm. it wasn't that the magician and I fell in love and it's a... <laughs> It's a cute meet, meet cute, <laughs> meet cute. <laughs> would have been great, um, but I don't think his boyfriend Andrew would have liked it. Um, but but I, you know, I was One doing, last trick. Sh- yeah, exactly. I was doing shows like you know five nights a week, so I didn't go out with people my own age. And, and I was your more- parents were your parents were cool with this. Like at sixteen, I mean, there's other things sixteen year olds could be doing that I'm sure they would be. But like, they're fine with you hanging around with a bunch of you know degenerate theater people five nights a week. You know, I mean, Esther's Follies had such a good reputation, mm. and I was so clearly. I mean, to be honest, and my mom told me this later. She was like, "I only took you to that audition because I never thought you would get the job." <laughs> I mean, truly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I she, get it. As a parent, I get it. Just like, just to yeah. shut you up. Well. Like, see. And the, the, everybody else auditioning was like 25. And, right. Y- you know, like they're grown Yeah, and had, the, and had this, and this, like, let, let me show you. Here's page two of my resume. 
Right. Or my CV. I, like, yeah, I have no training. Right. I'm just a 16-year-old jackass who made up some voices for, like, why would they ever give me the job? But, but you had they, Moxie. You had Chutzpah. Well, I guess I was good enough for the B company. And sure. then I was like, guess what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, so I did the A company, but I it was step by step, right? Like, I had, right. like, I had one... I won third harmony in one song in the medley for like the first two months. And that's all I did in the show. But just watching and being there and trying things, then they'd throw me another part and I would do those. And it was, it was, it was my happy place. And I don't think my mom would have not had me go to my happy place, you know? Yeah. So that was lucky. That was mostly what, like most of what the performing you did through high school was them. Or did you actually, were you still like auditioning for, plays and, and things too or was it they're so no. all consuming you it was all con- there was no time I mean because really we rehearsed three days a week and then did shows three days a week there was yeah. one day off like wow. I my mom had to um she was I wasn't going to take off for my high school graduation oh <laughs> like I got a show mom I, I was. I was like, I'm in the show. They have to replace me. It's a pain in the butt. And it's just a, I mean, I'll get the certificate. And she's like, you are not missing your high school graduation. Um, and then the other one was prom. I took oh, off to okay. one night to go to my prom. Okay. Ha! Sacrifices. <laughs> you, know, you have to make them. Isn't that funny? Oh, so, God. So you did that all through high school? Yeah, that was my, and then and then a little bit. So then I go away to college and then I came back and I did, I did on my college breaks, I would come home and perform with Esther's. And then, well, and then actually my second year, we were doing a pilot. Oh. Comedy Central came to watch Esther's Follies oh, wow. and was like, woo, we should do a show about this. And they were shooting a pilot. And so, and they asked like, can you, you know, could you stay? Or maybe I was like, can I stay? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that does seem to fit the brand. I'm not sure which one. They really did. So I ended up doing my sophomore year back in Texas at UT. Oh, okay. And, and we did the we did the pilot, and it didn't. We didn't get a series, but. Well, I, I say I, I think most pilots. That's the case. I mean, even UCB did a pilot, and it didn't yeah. go. Like, right. I, I, yeah, I, see, I saw. I think I think it was Ascat they did as a pilot, <laughs> and they and, and like it, I mean it was like Andy Richter's right? on it, and and uh, Amy Poehler is on it, and it's like how in the world? And they're like pass. Right? I know. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess they showed them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so I, what What do those Comedy Central guys know? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, Matt Walsh, where he's gonna be, where's he going to be in 50 years? Splash in the pan. Yeah, right? Yeah. Amy Poehler, she owns the world. Right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I did, I, I did that. And then, and then I kind of like, I think I stepped out. I think I started doing other things just because I was like, you know what? I got to figure, I'll, I'll do something else. And then I was at school, like, full-time and loving it. I did, like, every extracurricular activity. I was in an acapella group. <laughs> what, so what were you going to school for? Like, what was your, what was the <laughs> plan? I mean, were you were you actually getting a theater degree? Um, well, because I was who I was when I, when I got there, I was like, I am going to be like Meryl Streep. Oh. I think she went to Vassar. I'm not sure. Um. But I got a scholarship to go to Vassar, and I wow. was like, well, I'm going to, because of Esther's. I mean, Esther's was kind of a cool thing to have on your, you know, that was pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously you had to have grades, because they don't give scholarships to yeah. just good improv performers. I'm not, you know. No, I was super nerd. I love, I love school. I loved huh. school. Math and I, all of it. I, I loved it. <laughs> 
So that was lucky that I yeah. also, because, you know, when I went to Vassar, then I was really, and it was, all, but it was all. I mean, that, that much work, that, that's a job. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like you're doing that five nights a week or whatever. That's, I mean, you're, you have, you're going to school and you have a full-time job. I don't know how I did it. Yeah. Except so, that. Man, it, the energy I, of youth, right? Yeah, right. Jeez. But also, it was it wasn't like it was a boarding school. I mean, it was a Texas public school, and sure. I'm pretty sure that we were like out of the 50 states. I'm pretty sure we were somewhere around 48. So, <laughs> what I'm gonna <laughs> say is, maybe I was top 10 percent of my class, but, but yeah. ugh, you know, yeah. <laughs> not sure. That would have been the same case if I had been at like Harvard Westlake or something. <laughs> sure. Mm, yeah. From yeah. what I can tell. I, yeah, yeah. I, I live in one of those states, too. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So it was it was it was kind of lucky that I that I got to. And Vassar was a very creative. It was it was it was there's only one course that you have to take at Vassar. And that's mm. a language. One year oh. of a language. And your language was? It was French at first. And then I took Spanish because I love languages. <laughs> you know. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to speak anything, but do you still retain some of that? I do in the sense that if I go to a Spanish speaking or French speaking country, yes. after like after like three days, um I can really speak and understand people. And then after like a week, I'm like, okay, I got it. Okay. Very, very broken. I'm not gonna like oh, sure. go to a dinner party where no one speaks English. It'll be yeah. hopeless. But to order off the menu and understand street signs and kind of figure out where I'm going, I can understand enough to do stuff like that, which is great. All right. It's it's great. I love it. I, I that would have been the other thing that I did is languages. I was I I thought I was going to go to college and maybe be like a translator or oh, okay. you know, but then I was like, well, how obviously everyone wants to learn French and go live in Paris and translate and and they all knew English, so it was a little bit like this is going to be tougher than I thought. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Stick um, with the performing. Yeah, but I I guess I was always sort of hedging my bets, but I thought it was definitely going to be an actor. And I and I I took film because I was like, well, if I'm going to be an actor, then I need to know what the other people on the other side of the camera are doing. Sure. So and that's at this point, you're like this is your freshman year of college, acting 100%. Like you were oh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was in the... No, I mean, I, of the creative side. Like, you were just like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be in front of the camera. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was... Um, no, I was in the... I, I did plays. I joined every theater troupe. I was in the sketch comedy group. Like, I got there and I was like, where are my people? And, yeah. you know, ran headfirst. And I it was a little... You know, I had had three years of professional experience by that point. Yeah. So, I was like... Mm, like ready yeah. to go, <laughs> and that's so. I really did. I it was all about that. I was going to be a combination of Meryl Streep and Lisa Kudrow. It was my dream. So and, when when yeah. it came time to make that transition, then then to go back to Texas, then like to after after your first year to transfer it over to do the pilot. Yeah. Did you feel like you were taking a step forward because you were getting to do a pilot, or is it a step back because now I I've I've lost all that those connections. Um, it was, it was a step, it, it was both. You're exactly right. Like, I was like, I might be on television, which is obviously the choice you make. Sure. Um, but then it, you know, I didn't end up on television and I was like, well, now I'm just doing the same 
theater that I was doing for the last three years. And I kind of was like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be doing Esther's Follies forever. And I wanted to, I wanted to be a really good actress. So like I, the reason I wanted an education, this is how freaking myopic and single-minded I was. <laughs> that I was like, I need to learn about everything in case I play a character who knows about things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. It, yes, I was personally curious, but more like I took abnormal psychology because, well, what if I play a character that, yeah. you know. What if your character has multiple personalities? I need to know the medical totally. behind that. Yeah. And I really, I really, like I said, I was a nerd and I really loved school. So I really wanted to go back to Vassar and finish out because that was a better, I recognized that was a better place for me. And also it was like people my own age, you know, it was. So, so before we get away from the pilot, cause I'm curious about this process. So, so Kevin Central says, Hey, we like you interested. And then they say, here's some money and some cameras go nuts. Or do they have a very specific thing of like, here's what we want. So, and, and I guess, and how much were were you in involved in those conversations? Not in terms of making decisions, but like that they were letting you know. Um, I was not really involved a lot in that process, but what I know is that there was a an, uh, a production company. I think it was like Saban Entertainment. S A B A N. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are, if, if, if those are the Power Ranger people, if that's the same Saban, I think it probably is. Yeah, um, probably they're they're big into television. Yeah, and they. Someone, you know, came and saw Esther's and thought, oh, can we make this into a TV show? So then they brought yeah. in a director and some producers. And I can't remember if they brought in writers. I don't think so. But what they did is they then tailored our sketches to more TV friendly. Okay. So they weren't shooting the performance. They were. We, oh, okay. We, so like, but with, with an audience? Yes. Okay. Oh, so they were just like like you guys are performing and they're shooting it there. So it's sort of like watching a performance on a stage, not redoing it. So it's now in somebody's living room. Nope. Nope. It was all live and on stage because okay. the special thing too about Esther's is this behind the stage was a window and it was Sixth uh, Street, which is like the drunken bar <laughs> drag of of Austin. So there's just a it's a freak show out there. And so very often our sketches would include harassing people on the street or making oh. fun of people on the street. Or, <laughs> yeah, or like we had sketches that we would actually go outside and do outside, like incorporate that. Um, okay. the, the final song we did every show was Cry Me a River. And this beautiful, you know, songstress would stand on the stage and sing Cry Me a River. And out behind the window, we'd have a blue tarp floating up and then we would do all of these things on a river, you know, tubing uh -huh. oh, and skiing. Sure, yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Like it was a flood outside because she was singing Cry Me a River, you know, stuff like that. So they had to kind of do the stage element because that was a big part of our show. How So how do you adjust, how did you adjust your performance from playing to the back of the house, which is, you know, in those things you got to go, you got to be big to having cameras recording you, or didn't you? It wasn't super, um, it, if, if, from what I can recall, and again, this is like five years ago. Yeah, um, exactly. And you're... Um, no. <laughs> no, but all, like, of, all of 20, I'm probably joking. at this time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a child. Um, yeah. So but from what I can recall, like, like, so I did a number from Love Didn't, it's called Love Didn't Do Right By Me, and it's a song from White Christmas. Okay. But we did not get the rights to Love Didn't Do Right By Me. Uh. So the pianist had to write a different song 
for me to learn. And then we had to sort of choreograph what we knew to this new song. Like there was stuff like that. I don't know. And just different things like, you know, holding for close-ups and things, you know, having to repeat things a little bit like, I don't know if you've ever seen um, a television show being taped. Have you ever seen it? I have. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we would go back and pick up things and the audience would have to like fake applause and, you know. But for the most part, I feel like what they did is they brought in cameras and we just shot for like an entire weekend. We shot all five shows, the same numbers, and then they would take the pieces that worked the best as far as I can remember. And, and do you know where that is now? Like, I mean, just sitting on yeah. somebody's shelf? Do you, like, do you have a copy of the like oh. the finished pilot on a VHS tape somewhere? You know, I, I'm i sure they have it. Oh, I'm sure they have it, yeah. I'm always, yeah. I'm always just curious because there's so many of these things that you hear about that I wonder where they are. Is there yeah. a vault somewhere with all of this 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 missing media? Yeah, I'm sure, you know, like, I was awful. Like, even later, <laughs> I was. Even when I became a filmmaker, like, uh-huh. I made movies. And I didn't even, like, know that they were at the film studio to pick them up when I graduated. Like, I didn't, there were, so I did not keep track of anything that I did. I have a couple of things. I do have my senior film that I did. But, oh, okay. there's, but there's so much stuff that I, I didn't even know where they were. You just did it for the assignment. Got the grade and then... I don't... It, that's what I mean. Like, I'm a jackass. Like, it never <laughs> occurred to me. Maybe because I did theater for so long, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. The impermanence of theater. Right. You it's do there, something it's and it's over. You move right. on. Yeah. But this is like, no, keep track of your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was... I'm sure it's somewhere. I remember I was back at Vassar watching it on Comedy Central. Like, it did show. Oh, oh they they did air it. Yeah, they aired it a couple times. It just, okay. they just did not, it, I mean, they had paid for the content. I'm sure, sure Comedy Central gave, you know, somehow Saban and Comedy Central had worked that yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they, and they did show it. Those, if it's a pilot and it doesn't go, like, it, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, I it know. just goes right into the, the, the archives, hopefully, or into the trash, <laughs> if at worst. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, Austin is such a quirky, weird little town, and there's something <laughs> so electric about the live performance of it yeah. that I don't think it translated to TV. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was good, yeah. but sure. it's different. You know, the, so 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 after that, that was a year. Then you spent. So you went yeah. back to Vassar then. Yeah, I went back and to then, Vassar. Okay, how was that like picking up after being gone for a year? So good. Yeah. It's yeah, just like, it was, just like, even though it was new people, like people had moved on and everything, you were still, you just hit the ground running? Well, really only one year had moved on. Like the people right. that I met who were seniors when I was a freshman. And then I did my sophomore year in Texas. Yeah. So. So this is junior then. Yeah. So, yeah. So junior year I went back and it was, it was great. I mean, there were, I had made enough friends my freshman year that. You know, and you just make, I don't know, I, I liked it. They're, they were so easy. The the people people at my school were so easy to get along with, and they were all freaks. I mean. <laughs> That's the best part about those the, the theater departments is when you yeah. get there and you go, oh, these are my people. I've been waiting to find you for yeah. years. And, like, there were some kids who were like, hey, I'm pre-med, and there were, yeah. there were brains, no doubt about it. But, like, the whole idea that you can go to a school and like take a third level, 300 level poli sci course if you want, because you're interested in it. Like there were right. no rules. You really, you could go to your counselor and be like, hey, you know what? I want to do a double major of, you know, 
uh, urban studies and women's studies or, you know, I mean, that's not that outrageous, but urban studies in Spanish or whatever. Like you could mix and match. You could do triplets. You could do... You 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 could do anything. You could totally shape your education. They were very encouraging of you to empower yourself to do all that stuff. That so, is very cool and very yeah. rare. It was very, and I didn't even know that part of it. It was sort of yeah. like, well, you know, yeah, this is what college is, right? This is what everybody's doing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of really like creative, interesting people at that school. So at what point did you pick up a camera? Like, was there a, a, a class or something, like a filmmaking course or something that you did that you shot a, a short something? Yeah, I think that the one thing, I did a lot of extracurricular theater, but I got a C in set design. Oh. Um, when I was a freshman. I, okay. We all, we all have, you know, when you when you do theater, you have to do all the stuff, the costume sure. and the... Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, mean, I did that. And I, and I, I was terror, terrible at it. I mean, and it's the only C I've ever received in my life. Wow. So I was kind of like turned off by the theater department. So I didn't go, I was, I knew I was going back to Vassar, but I wasn't going to do theater because I'm not going to get another C. I can't. (laughs) And there was a part of They clearly do not know genius when it's right in front of them. I was such a jackass. I mean, there was really, (laughs) I was, there was a part of me that was like, I know how to do theater, you know? Yeah. It was, I just was, you know, but it was great. And I think life unfolds in this perfect way because I was like, well, I don't want to do theater anymore, so I'm going to do film because eventually if I ever make movies or do television, I need to know what the people on the other side of the camera are doing. So I became a film major my junior year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I majored in it and I, I loved it. I loved it. And I also had this, I know I'm going to be an actress, so this is really just for me to be able to talk funny at parties or, (laughs) you know, to have something to say. Sure. I I wasn't studying it because I'm like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I was studying it because I'm like, I'm going to be an actor, so I should know about this. Yeah. You know what what those guys in the chairs with the megaphones (laughs) and the the weird eyepieces are doing. When they're exactly. giving me directions. And may I point out that it was all guys in chairs. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. I say, I'm not being sexist there. I'm saying that's no. pretty much what it was like at the time. It, that's exactly what it was. You know, I mean, so it, it was not, I, I did not have any dreams of being a director, maybe a writer. I think I started hmm. writing okay. in earnest, like my junior year at, at Vassar, because we had to. We had to write our own short yeah, I'll say films. writing things that you were going to then shoot. Yeah. Yep. So basically, it was more of, for economy than for a passion for the written word at the time. It was like, well, yep. I'm not going to let somebody else do this. Oh, yeah. When we had to, it was our assignment. Like, there was no... Yeah. And and, and it, so, like, my first, my first uh, film, officially, I guess, was <laughs> a music video of Copacabana. <laughs> okay. By Barry Manilow. Sure. <laughs> which I loved. I mean, I loved working on that. Like, you know, I got to pick these really silly, fun things that I love to do. And I, but I was, I was definitely more interested, you know, in like the comedy of it. And I still am to this day. Like, there were people that made movies and I'd be like, oh, God, you're a filmmaker. Like, right. you really thought about where to put the camera. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I got, I, I have not, uh, I've only directed one, one short. 
Um, but I, I got involved in the local community and we went to a screening of all these shorts that people had put together, like, you know, like a, a yearly thing all together. And I was watching some of them. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm all right. Like, you know, like I, my, my one wasn't in there yet. So I was still working on it, but I was in there like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing good. And then like one came along and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, right. like, like you're thinking like, oh yeah, I'm kind of a big deal here. And then all of a sudden like a shark <laughs> comes through and you go, okay. Like there are people operating on different levels. Like I, I was just like, you know, master shot, <laughs> A camera, B camera, and then come back and forth. I'm on it. And then you see yep. somebody, you know, with, with like their handmade steady cam running Oof. through and doing a, a 10 second, you know, a 15 second oh, yeah. tracking shot. And you go, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I have I have to learn now, <laughs> right? That exquisite attention to detail and all yeah. the stuff that it makes film what it like really, really, really great. It really is the thing that makes it really great, and it is the most tedious, annoying, <laughs> hard part of the process for me. But it is the thing that you must do to make it great. Uh, you know. But I so yeah, that's what I did. That's where I started writing and making films and I wrote plays. I started writing plays. I just Okay. Oh yeah, say okay, so let's talk about that then transition. So like you wrote them because you had to. Yeah. Like because mm-hmm. like it was for your assignment and like you had like done like basically this is just a, a thing just to get me past whatever it is. And then yep. did you find like, oh I could I could do this or was it like there's an opportunity, so I'm just going to jump on it. Like, what was did you did you feel the call of the written word, or was it like, oh. well, nobody's going to make opportunities, so I got to make them myself. You know, I stuck. I pretty much danced with the one who brung me. Like, I okay. loved short films because they were sort of an extension of sketch. And when oh yeah, yeah, of course, and I I joined the sketch group at Vassar, and so we were writing sketches you know, all the time. And I had experience with that. But it was my first time getting to do my ideas, you know, right? Like, because yeah. at Esther's, I'm just never going to be able to compete with, <laughs> you know, they've all been doing this for so long. And, yeah. and so this was like a, you know, kind of a great, a great playground. So I, I really, the sketches kind of started it. I found that I really enjoyed writing small chunks of things that would entertain people. Just as it, an aside, just because I'm yeah. I'm a comedy nerd, and we'll, we'll get yeah. I, I don't I don't derail this thing, so we're just gonna and then go back. We're gonna jump off and then come back in. Yeah. How does Esther's feel about endings? Because that was always <laughs> one of those weird things I watched with sketch comedy. Like the end of a sketch yep. is an art form. Yes. And like if you watch. Kids in the Hall, they do it one way. If you watch Monty Python, they do it one way. If you do it, watch Saturday Night Live, they don't do anything. They yeah, just they like, and we're done. Like <laughs> camera pulls back. Right, exactly, exactly. Back. Like you see, and, then, and actors walk off. That's it. Like, yeah. oh, I guess that's the end of the sketch. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. What What was the philosophy, Esther's, about the ending of a sketch? Just like a good improv show, there's got to be a uh, what do they call that? It's a, a, is button? It a button. Yeah. yeah. Or a hit, or like a, there's a there's another name for it, but it, it yes, a button like a so, tag at the end, like a big. <clears throat> yeah, we, there, you had to end on a laugh. Okay. So the goal was always like try to get that last joke and then blackout, yeah. and because even and if it was kind of a, as you roll into the next thing, right? The, okay. The, yeah, because you have to. It takes time to set up the next thing or whatever, and and sure. people sort of got that rhythm, right? Like yeah. even if it wasn't that great of a joke, they'd be like, ha, 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 and the lights would go down. They'd be like, ha ha ha, ha you know. <laughs> Because they get it, you get they, you, like you, yeah. you get trained. Like yeah. you have to train the audience, and then yeah. 
They'll get it. Okay. That's, that's my, I, I'm also a comedy nerd, so I just was curious about that. So yeah. okay, go back to it. Okay, so so back to um, you sitting down with the blank page. Um, so then then you started thinking about like, well, I, if I wrote that, I can write this? Yes, I think, um, I you know, that this is where I wish that I had had more um, training up top. Like, sure. I, I wrote everything from instinct, which I think is great because it's a great way to develop your voice, right? Like, right. you know, I had very... <laughs> but it also leads to a lot of dead scripts. <laughs> oh, God. Well, <laughs> and just like, you're, you're, it's such a painful process because yeah. you don't you're even have like yourself. a... Yeah, you don't even have like an ABC. I hated structure. Also, yeah. I came from the acting side of it, which is so sure. like... So you're looking for monologues? You're looking for moments? You're looking for... <laughs> yeah, right? like... Yes, and you you'd make things work as an actor because someone else has done all of the incredibly hard work of, you know, <laughs> refining right. the dialogue and making it the right place in the right, you know, in the right moment of the right uh, part of the story, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit easier to do the acting part of it. Um so I was it was really hard. I didn't I wasn't as disciplined and I was a little still split focused because I always planned after college to become an actress. Um, sure. So I so was. This writing, was still just biding time. Yeah, I was writing because I was passionate about it and I liked it, but I didn't. I don't think I ever really anticipated that like one of my plays was going to be produced. Oh, really? So you were mm. just doing it more for the exercise? Yeah, I was doing it because it was interesting to me. Like I, okay. I, I liked it, and I had seen a lot of theater and done theater, and I liked sure. it. But I wasn't sure what my voice was. It was very clear to me that my voice was comedy, like sketch comedy. Yeah, absolutely. So there was this, I was constant, like I did improv, I did sketch, I would write funny songs. I I was constantly thinking of these ideas and it was just, that's just what I automatically did. So I never focused on other things because I was planning to go to Europe after college and go do improv for six months in oh. Europe. And then come okay. back and do improv in New York. I didn't know what I is, was doing. Is there was there a big improv scene in Europe? Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> I was like, did I not know about this? <laughs> no, just my. Um, we were going to go to London. Maybe there was an improv. Some people want to go London. hang out at the Louvre. You know, you like my... wanted to be up there. Can I get a place? Parlez-vous. <laughs> it was like a friend of mine. We were in the improv group together, and we, you know, we were like. 21 and graduating college. So we're like, and you could, you know, I don't know if you still can. I'm sure you can. But when you're a student, you can go live in England for six months and you you get like a student visa. You can work, you can, you can do whatever you want. And so I was going to go get a job waiting tables or something and, and do improv at night and meet people in the comedy scene over there and go and live in Go different... to Edinburgh Fringe and. Yeah. 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 It just seemed like sure. it was, it was more of a life decision, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, it didn't end up happening. <laughs> <laughs> Life has a funny way of uh, redirecting well, you. It's funny. It's it's almost embarrassing to say it, but I, I, but I, it's because I got, so because I did the Esther's Follies pilot. Yeah. Um, they, oh, so then you had a credit then. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Were you in, you were in SAG from that? So I, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. N nothing like that. So I, I, but I was performing all the time at Vassar and still doing this sure. boot camp for what I thought I would probably be a stand-up or Saturday yeah. Night Live. I thought I was going to oh, get a... Okay. Oh, so stand-up. That's new. I did a little bit of it and I am okay. officially terrible at it. Ah, uh, okay. But, 
But stand-up is a way to Saturday Night Live, and all paths okay. sort of led to Saturday Night Live for Sure, me. if you're doing sketch comedy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's Olympus. Yeah. I figured I would end up there somehow, some way. I had tested sure. once when I was in high school, like when I was at Esther's, I, I sent a thing in, and they were like, we love you, but not this time. You're like, okay. <laughs> so I, Get I a really, little more seasoning, kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. I was a child and from Texas. Um, yeah. You, so, you, unfortunately, you weren't Eddie Murphy. No, I wasn't. God, oh, he was my favorite, though. I worshipped him. And I would do his routines. Well, sure. I mean, like, and and somebody so young who had it. Like, it's, it's, like, as you and I have both been around talented people where you're like, I'm doing it right. And then all of a sudden you go, oh. Oh, No, they're really good. uh, Yeah. 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 Yep. There's a, there's a comedian. There's a comedian who uh, I just worked on a movie that I did. And I, and I watch her stuff and I'm like, oh, dear God. God, you are incredibly talented. <laughs> Her name is Scout Derwood. I'm like, oh, oh okay. wow. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Say, write that name down, folks, because one day. Oh, yeah. No, she's something else. She's really great. I'm like, oh, you're talented. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So so anyway, so I, I was kind of, I loved film. I mean, I was, right. I loved so, it. So I guess what was the the first thing you wrote that you were like proud of? Enough to show someone else outside the thing that wasn't just for your drawer. You mean in terms of sketch or film? Oh, either one. Like, like when something you were like that you had done that you were like, oh, this is bigger than just a a project, school project that like you wanted to show people and go, hey, I think I actually got something here. Oh, um, <laughs> that wasn't a school project. Yeah, Jeez. that wasn't like done for an assignment. Oh, okay. Well, let me clarify. I was writing all the time for the sketch shows that we were doing. Like we sure. did some of my some of my favorites were like well one some of it was just ridiculous. Like I went and saw I went and saw a dance concert and I thought it was so silly I didn't understand dance. <laughs> so I just did, you know, an interpretive dance number where the woman just said fruit and rolled around on the floor a lot and for some reason that worked as a sketch. And then I did <laughs> I did a Spanish language class for crazy people. Oh. So that you, you, you learned Spanish sentences, but they were nonsensical. And that was okay. pretty great. I, I'm trying to remember, uh, there was one, the gynecologist magician. That was a favorite. <laughs> where you have a gynecologist who just starts pulling out like scarves oh. and a bunny and da da da. <laughs> that was a big favorite of mine. Um, I did. So, I mean, those are some sketches that I that I wrote. We performed them for an audience, so I was constantly getting stuff shown. I was I was always performing, so there was I was always showing my stuff to people. There was never anything that was like, oh, wait for the right time. Like you, oh, okay, you you had a show, so you had to write, rehearse, and perform it. Yeah, and and even my and all our films that we did in the film uh, program were also shown at the end of the year. So. I, it was going to be shown whether I thought it was any good or not. But you're still just burning through all this. Yeah. Like you're not keeping any of it. You're not building oh, up a, a I, like you know you're not you know a catalog or anything. You're just like just no. keep working, keep working, keep working. Kind of yeah. I still do. I think I have my senior year film, which was called Emasculate Conception. Oh, okay. And it is about a boy in college who sleeps with a girl that he has a huge crush on and gets pregnant. And he doesn't know what to do with the baby. And he has to ask her for, like, you know, if she wants to be 
a parent with him. And it's, this is all silent. There's no dialogue. But you just see mm. him growing pregnant and you see him dealing with all the things that a woman would deal with if she's pregnant. Sort of like a feminist thing. But I think I still have that film somewhere. Okay. I'm sure I do. <laughs> but everything else was like sketch and theater and kind of, you know. So then when I got to New York, well, I didn't end up going. So, okay. yeah. so did, you, did, you, did you graduated then? Yeah, I graduated. Okay. And, and with here, a degree in... In film. In film, okay. Yeah, so it was a Bachelor of Arts okay. uh, with a major in film. And then my, here was my plan. Well, I was going to go to London for six months. Sure. But but I was also like, I'll go to Boston. And uh, okay. because my aunt and uncle live there, I didn't have any place to go. I had no... Oh, sure. Like, sure. I had no plan, and I wasn't going to London for, like, another... It was a while. So I had six months to kill. I'm like, I'll go to Boston. I'll see if I like it there. And then... Once I got to Boston, I did the other thing again where I'm like, well, let's see. Where would be a good place to work where have people in television might go? (laughs) Can you guess where I ended up? Uh, At a a news station? The Cheers Bar. Oh, the Cheers Bar. (laughs) Of course, it's Boston. Of course you'd end up there. Because they knew your name, right? Yes, I (laughs) went in. They did not know my name. But I went in, Lies. and I know. Well, I, you know, I guess they. Well, hadn't okay, was let's seen see, I'm, my, I'm trying to think of the the approximate timeline. The show was still on at that time, right? Sh- uh it was. I think it might I was have say, been because yeah, I say right around, around that time. I say because it ended in the early nineties. You know, I think. I think it was either it was not still on. It had just ended. Okay. It had just ended, so it was but still, still a very big Cheers deal. Mania. Oh, yeah, people were still lining up around the block to get into the Cheers Bar. Yeah. Um, And I got a job waiting tables and the the fancy restaurant upstairs and then also bartending and waiting tables downstairs. So we did both. Well, if you're going to be an actress, you have to wait tables at some point. I seriously thought that by being there somehow, (laughs) you know, that like I don't remember the names of the creators of Cheers. I feel like I'm... I'm, oh, uh, Charles. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I see the I see the title card in my head, but, they, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They had all this memorabilia like up on the uh-huh. wall. They had a gift shop, of course, and they have. And I watched the show, so I loved the show, and it was such a you know I I felt like I was on television because I was sort of even though it looks nothing. You were like on a set. set. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, even though it looks nothing like the set, but just the fact that it existed, you know, I was a yeah. little bit like, oh, it's the you know the exterior is the same. I was saying you were pretty brave, like that. Like I mean, because because once again, you you uprooted everything. Like you didn't yep. follow anybody out there. You're just like gonna go to a brand new place, new scene, like and meet all new people in a whole new environment, and be like, nope, nope, this is it. This is like the career starts now. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of like a combination of clueless and driven. Y- you know, like I was, I was so busy, like doing. I performed in the senior musical and I was doing the final best of sketch shows and I was doing all this stuff that literally we were supposed to move out of my 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 terrace apartment. We had like it was, you know, housing on campus. And yeah. my sisters were like, when do you have to move? And I was like, oh, uh, tomorrow. And I, hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't even gotten a box, much less packed a box. Like my roommates were all like ready to, my housemates were packed and they had schedules yeah. and plans and vans and parents who were taking their thing. And I had like a car and some ideas. I was like, oh, it, so it was, I was really 
weirdly together in terms of I can make a sketch that'll set your hair on fire, but I cannot pack a box or plan <laughs> how to get from New York to Boston. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was kind of, I was very fly by the seat of my pants. So that was yeah. normal for me because that's just how I lived. Well, we've hit Boston, so we're also going to hit pause. But don't worry, there's more conversation to come. In part two, we're going to the city so nice they named it twice. We'll discuss professional auditions and maybe pitch a couple of our dream projects. Thanks for indulging my curiosity. Go do something nice for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the next chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are still many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Vicki Hall. Find her on the web at vickihall.squarespace.com. And my name is Kyle Olson. The Codex is closed for now. <laughs>